Hello and welcome to this week's Reorg Europe podcast. My name is Sean Kureshi and I'm a legal analyst in Reorg's London office. This week I'm joined by financial analysts Rob Summers and Lawrence Fitzpatrick. Today we'll be discussing the additional capital requirements of Shop Direct and also Jaguar Land Rover's latest results. So, Rob, firstly on Shop Direct. Shop Direct's earnings call earlier this week shone some light on the group's £175 million customer redress claims. What are these claims and is the £175 million figure certain? Thanks, Sean. The redress claims are related to unsettled PPI claims, which the group may be liable for. Now, management has said that it has a greater than 99% level of confidence that the £175 million provision is adequate, as it now has a finite number of claims to work through following the claims deadline in late August. With respect to timing, management has said that the majority of the provision is expected to unwind over the next 12 months, though this will not be uniform. It also said that the payback profile is unclear at the moment. Now, what's interesting is that when asked about the nature of the liability in the group's capital structure, management clarified that these are unsecured claims that would rank as trade creditors should the group tip into insolvency. This makes the claims subordinated to the senior secured notes. Okay, so the group needs to find an additional £175 million. Did management say anything about this? Now, so far, the company hasn't given many details, saying only that it could raise debt or equity, which includes a potential capital injection from its shareholders. Management explained that it has received approaches from third-party capital providers and expressed confidence that the required funding would be secured by March 2020. It hasn't, though, mentioned any further details. Now, it did confirm that the company is working with Morgan Stanley as a financial advisor, but declined to comment on the timing or if Morgan Stanley is also advising the group's sponsor, the Barclay Brothers. Okay, but what colour do we have about the sponsor's willingness and ability to step in and provide the funds? Again, really none at the moment. The sponsors own a variety of assets, including the Ritz Hotel and the Daily Telegraph, and they're also conducting a portfolio review, but we don't know how liquid they actually are. One analyst on the earnings call asked why the Barclay Brothers have not chosen to backstop the capital raise, as this would both lower the group's cost of debt and maximize the equity value of any stake in the business that is sold. But management declined to answer the question. Okay, so if we assume that the group will source the £175 million by issuing new indebtedness, what do the covenants in the group's 2022 senior secured notes provide? Reorg's calculations show that the group has about £300 million of capacity under its indebtedness covenants, and this is sufficient to entirely cover the £175 million liability. However, of this, only about £50 million can be secured by way of a permitted collateral lien. This is challenging because any new lender will likely insist on lending against collateral, especially as the rest of the group's capital structure is secured. All right, given this point that the debt will need to be given protections, how else could this be structured? For any further security, the group is going to have to reach out to its note holders through a consent solicitation to seek an amendment. This could allow a special incurrence of debt outside of the prescribed baskets, which could, for example, be used to permit all of the new debt to be secured on a senior basis. A further incentive could be provided if the group's sponsors were to guarantee the new debt. This would demonstrate further sponsor support and isolate the risk of new indebtedness away from the group's existing capital structure. Thanks, Rob. Lawrence, Jaguar Land Rover reported its second quarter results last week. Can you take us through the main points? Uh, 
Yeah, so Jaguar Land Rover's results were actually pretty positive um, in the second quarter, and that was due to uh, an increase in volumes of 3% year over year, and revenue also grew by 8% to around about $6 billion. And this was driven in part by a better mix, so they managed to sell more of the higher value Range Rover Sports and Range Rover models, um, which attract a higher price point. Uh, they also saw a bounce in China performance, albeit off the lows, uh, which have been given a lot of press over the last um, year or so. And they also, within the quarter, saw some uh, FX benefit due to a weaker pound. The group also had some traction on cost cutting. Uh, so a while ago, they announced Project Charge, which had a £2.5 billion target. And it's actually interesting that this is starting to bear some fruit uh, at this juncture. The cost uh, cutting led to an increase in EBITDA of about £840 million, which is a sharp rise. And as a result, leverage fell um, to around about one turn or 2.3 turns on a gross basis um, as a result of that, despite the fact that uh, cash continued to outflow uh, during the quarter. As a result of the the, uh, positive results, the bonds rose pretty strongly and CDS contracted. Okay, so that sounds uh, like a really positive set of results. But can you see them sustaining this moving forward? I think it's it's hard to argue that the early signs aren't encouraging, especially on the uh, on the project charge and cost cutting front that I mentioned. And it's pleasing that they are able to execute on this well. We're also starting to see some recovery in sales, and typically the third and fourth quarter, particularly the fourth quarter, are stronger in Jaguar's uh, financial year. I still think there's a number of risks. So first of all, a uh, hard Brexit isn't uh, something that will go away. I think over the next three months and could drag on longer. Or indeed, if there is um, some level of deal, we could still see a tough UK-EU tariff regime. Indeed, there's also the possibility for US tariffs to be introduced, as well as the wider and well-publicised pressure on the auto sector. Also, I think, uh, given recent strengthening in the pound, we're likely to see a reversal of some of the FX gains that we saw in the last quarter. And we should also note that in the second quarter, retail volumes are actually flat which indicates a level of dealer restocking. So the wholesale volumes went up, but actually the retail sales of the end vehicles were flat. I think crucially, the company is still burning cash and needs to turn that around. Now, the bond prices will have helped uh, in the near term, so they could uh, fund some of the cash shortfall in the bond market potentially. uh, But I think I'd still remain pretty cautious on their outlook for the time being. Thank you, Lawrence. And Rob, that's all for this week's Europe podcast. We will be back in two weeks' time. Thank you.